You're a holiday powerhouse. You host the dinners, shovel neighbors' sidewalks, and make everything from scratch. You definitely don't need help making the holidays happen. But Dunkin's Holiday Blend Coffee? A warming medium roast complete with sweet notes of dried fruit and molasses. Or a cranberry orange muffin made with real cranberries just might convince you a little help never hurt. Especially the hot caffeinated kind. America runs on Duncan. Present participation may vary. Limited time offer. Terms apply. Get ready, Ohio. FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, is coming to the Buckeye State. And to kick things off, you can get started with $100 in free bets as an early sign-up bonus. Plus, when you sign up today with promo code OHIOSB, you'll be all set for when FanDuel goes live in Ohio. Then you can bet on all your favorite teams and all your favorite sports with $100 in free bets. Just download FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Ohio, this is your chance to get in on the action. Join today with promo code OHIOSB. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in Ohio. Bonus issued in non-withdrawable free bets that expire seven days after FanDuel accepts its first real money sports wager in Ohio on one Unique user identity verification required. Offer ends on the go-live date. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. First time in a long time, but back like I never left. Taking these things as it comes, you know me, I don't read ahead. Watch me burn down everything, BDE on the TV set. When I'm in control on the road, you can never really know what's up next. Hello, hello, hello. Davey Portman here from Up Next, hostwrestling.com, Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play, wherever you found us. Hello, welcome. Thank you for finding us. Thank you for listening to us. And thank you to everyone live on twitch.tv slash upnextpodcast. Hello, Twitch room. Um, but I am, uh, I am not here on my own. Uh, normally, you'd hear the voice of a Mr. Braden Harrington. Um, however, uh, yeah, he's... Um, let's say he, he went on holiday to, to Mexico uh, just over a week ago and... I, I think you can fill in the gaps as to why he's not here. Um, similar kind of game we'll play with a lot of the announced matches for tonight's uh, show. Uh, but as always, we do have uh, someone stepping in who, who at the moment, I, I've got to fix the Twitch stream because he's got a massive head right now. Um, I'm, trying to find the, I, I'm trying to find the hard camera, as Chris Leone said. I, I don't know where to look. I'm going to say something we've both heard a lot of the time, John. It's not you. It's me. Uh, so I'm <laughs> I'm fixing you up there, uh, but yes, I am joined uh, by Mister Shot in the Dark himself, uh, John Ceno Evil. Uh, John, how are you today? Uh, what's going on? I'm. I could be better. Uh, I'm not in. I'm not in Cancun, um, but I. But I am uh, um, a little under the weather. We shall say. Um, yeah, I feel like everybody that I know, or everybody's mother or sister or something, is sick right now. Um, and I feel like I might be coming down with something. I have no idea. I honestly don't. I've been getting tested. I've been fine, but it's not going away. I hear there's someone going around. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, for those of you that listened to BD Elite last week, um, I, I tested positive for COVID last Wednesday. So I'm currently on 
on day seven of uh, of isolating. Um, it's been pretty good, to be honest. I, I've actually kind of enjoyed the the time to myself and just being able to relax. And I've been I've been rewatching all the Spider Man films, so uh, I've just got the uh, the last one to watch now. I decided to throw Venom in there as well, so I got to watch. Okay, uh, I mean, it, can, can, I, can I can I say your controversial take on the Spider Man films? Because I I've been watching them. You've been kind of in this little secret chat, kind of giving thoughts. Yeah, go for it. Can I say like so? Davy Portman said, "I'm you know don't not quote for quote here, but pretty much Spider Man Two sucks and Amazing Spider Man is good." Was that your words? No, they weren't my. I I think uh, I think <laughs> Spider Man Two is not as good as people say it is. I I definitely think there's good things about the film. Um, I just think a lot of the uh, I think a lot of the dialogue sucks. Is really bad. Like it's it's Star Wars prequel level bad. A lot of the dialogue, and I think uh, Tobey Maguire and Kirsten Dunst have zero chemistry. And sorry, when when a big part of your film is a love story between these two, and I think both characters are just awful. They're both awful people. Uh, I can't get behind it. Whereas then I, I put on Amazing Spider-Man, and I feel the the writing's better. Uh, I feel the the acting's a bit more mature. I think the chemistry between Andrew Garfield and Emma Stone is is really good. Um, sure, there there are flaws. I mean, I think Doctor Octopus is fucking awesome in in Spider-Man Two, um, but take him out. It's I don't think it's a very good film. Whereas, uh, yeah, there's, I, I think Amazing Spider-Man got, got a lot of, um, I think a lot of people were a bit uh, kind of hurt when they moved away from Tobey Maguire and didn't give it a fair shot. I think Amazing Spider-Man 1 is, is pretty good. I think it's pretty good. It's safe to say that Andrew Garfield is, is your, is your Spider-Man. I don't know if this was even on a show or if it was during our drunken Christmas celebration where you talk about Andrew Garfield showing you his socks. That was during the Christmas little zoom thing we had right i can't we, remember we did have a, what was recorded and what wasn't i i have no idea at this point i've been i've been locked in this in this apartment for for a week now haven't gone outside and i have no idea what i've said on a show uh <laughs> what i've said just uh drunken christmas eve zoom calls to to friends um and i mean i haven't seen Braden for forever now it feels but um yeah, uh, I, I did see Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man socks the day before he went out for, uh, to film. Yeah, I think last but time no, I, I saw, I, I think last time I saw Brayden, there was some guy passed out like in front of him. Or yeah, something. I hope he's okay. <laughs> yeah, Brayden's fine. Don't you don't need to worry about Brayden. He is absolutely fine. Uh, he is going to be stuck in in Cancun um, indefinitely at the moment, it seems. But uh, he's good, and he sends all of you his well wishes. He misses you all. Doesn't miss NXT 2.0, but he does miss uh, our NXT friends. 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 There we go. Um, but no, I, I will still say I think Tom Holland is the best Spider-Man. Um, but who knows? Maybe maybe Braden and I will will tackle them one day once we finished once we finish the Batman series. Uh, but yeah, it, it's it's the 28th of December. We've had a little thing called Christmas. Uh, John, how was your Christmas? It was fine. Nothing extravagant. Um, my, my, I had my son on, he was with his mom Christmas Eve. He came back on Christmas, spent all day with Christmas. We watched a couple movies. Uh, what did we watch? I don't my son's right next to me. I can't remember Home what Alone. movies we watched. We watched, we watched Home Alone. Yes. We watched the original Grinch movie. Uh, you know, just kind of relaxing. Yeah, we did. We watched a little bit of it. 
Oh yeah, sorry. <laughs> the, so, the, yeah, like, the original cartoon me. one, or we're talking yeah, the Jim Carrey. Yeah, he, one? Okay. the original cartoon one. Yeah, the, the Jim Carrey one is 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 freaky. He, he didn't want to watch that one. It's a little weird. Maybe down the line we can watch that. It's a little a little scary. Um, but yeah, it was the original one. He loves the the new one as well. Um, but yeah, just kind of relaxing. You know, we got the uh, I got him the now I can say it. I couldn't say it last week, but I got him the the Lego Nintendo the NES. So I've been Ooh. working. I've been working on that little by little. So I've been I've been shipping out like one bag a day. The thing is like thirty bags, so it's like impossible to like do in like one week. But little by little, I'll get to it. Um, but yeah, other than that, so, just, so is this one of these presents that was actually kind of for you, John? Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. Yeah, I kind of always right. wanted it. Never had a reason to get it, but uh, now we can finally get it and build it. Uh, well, what about you? Yeah, like, I mean, <laughs> for me, I mean, I I spent Christmas Eve. Uh, if you listen, we we put out a a special behind the BDE. Now, um, Brayden and I on on Patreon.com slash up next do a show once a month for our uh, our world champion patrons called Behind the BDE, which is is us with kind of no topic. We just put the mic on and record for a little bit. We thought we'd do a similar sort of thing this year for Christmas Day. So um, it's it's in two parts. The first part uh, took place before uh, before I got COVID and before Braden went to Mexico, and we're all full of hopes and dreams and optimistic about these Christmas holidays. And then the second part is a Zoom call between Braden and I uh, over uh, while while he's in Mexico. But uh, I spent a lot of Christmas Eve. Uh, I woke up and I knew I had a lot of time on my hands, so I I thought I'd make a little intro for the uh, for the show and and we've put it out. It's on our YouTube uh, isolated, but you can listen to the episode as well. I reached out to the Up Next Universe and I got some listeners to provide their beautiful, beautiful vocals um, for a little song we called uh, "It Does Not Feel Like Christmas Time." Uh, to band aids, do they know it's Christmas? And and that was a lot of fun putting it together, hearing everyone's uh, everyone's little lines coming in throughout the day, uh, and then was just waiting for that final uh, Eric Marcotte uh, voice to kind of just finish it off. Um, and yeah, that that was a lot of fun, and I've been uh, been sending that to quite a few people. And if you haven't listened to it yet, I I recommend going ahead and listening. Maybe maybe we should enter. Uh, John and Way's uh, Christmas Jingle Contest next year. Hey, I think the the Up Next Choir definitely has a chance of, of taking it next year. I mean, the angelic voices of Jordan Goodman and, and Brandy from New Jersey. Mm. I don't want to spoil it if you haven't heard it yet, but these guys just totally oof, goosebumps just thinking about it. And I, I can't even listen to the original song anymore without without hearing their voices. I, we played at my job, and I'm like, wait a minute, it's not the uh, the Up Next version. Um, yeah, but it's a great, great song, very angelic. Yes, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll maybe do something similar again next year uh, for the Christmas show. Uh, but yeah, so that was fun. And then I I called uh, you guys for for Christmas Eve. We all we all had some drinks over Zoom. Uh, we watched uh, Braden partying in Cancun. We watched um, old John Pollock videos of him interviewing little kids about Rey Mysterio and John Cena. I don't know how that's done. That playing. is true. <laughs> it was it was quite a fun Christmas Eve. And then and yeah. then Christmas day, I was just calling my family. I watched some films. Uh, I cooked myself a, a traditional British Christmas dinner. So Turkey pigs in blankets had uh, Yorkshire puddings, roast potatoes, parsnips, the works um, because I, I love cooking. And even though uh, Christmas dinner, you, sh- you can't really do for one, you get a lot left over. So, um, but I did it anyway. And, and had the final bit of Turkey this morning. I've been making these, 
breakfast bagels with like turkey stuffing, cranberry sauce and cheese. They've been really good. So I'm going to miss them. But yeah, you know what? Under the circumstances, um, uh, things obviously could be better, but they could be a lot worse. And I actually had quite a nice uh, Christmas despite despite being in in lockdown isolated and all that but uh yeah i had i've had a pretty good time and looking forward to probably doing a similar kind of thing for new year's eve this year as well yeah i mean it could have been worse right you could have had two guys try to rob the place and and you know you could have stopped them with paint cans and all that shout out to the home alone review with you guys and uh john pollock i finally listened to it this weekend great review Oh yeah, go ahead. Like we uh, we did have John Pollock come on. It feels like a, a lifetime ago now that we recorded that. But Braden, John, and I reviewed the original Home Alone. Uh, you can find that on on the Patreon, Patreon.com/slash/upnext, along with our reviews of Jack Frost. Uh, we did our In Your House Five review uh, this month. A lot to check out. Um, but there's the the famous saying in wrestling: card subject to change. And this is one of those weeks with Brain being away. So I'm quickly going to run down uh, what this week has involved. Obviously, up next tonight, it's myself and John Ceno uh, holding down the fort. And then tomorrow, John, you're going to have a, another episode of Shot in the Dark on this free feed, uh, where you're running down kind of uh, all the, the wrestling that you may not have watched in the last week. Uh, what are you going to be talking about this week, John? Yeah, it's going to be a, a little pre- shorter than usual show, probably, uh, because a lot of the shows are doing like best subs, but I'm still going to like run down the best subs. A lot of them are like Impact, for example, has some awards are given out like, uh, you know, best uh, knockout, best tag team, things like that. But uh, AEW is still doing like, um, you know, a li- uh, new product. They actually have a notice qualification match with Joey Janela and uh, Sunny Kiss that may have been in dark tonight. So that should be a doozy. Um, and just, yeah, I think Ring of Honor, it might be the final show. The way that they signed off Ooh. on it, they had like a Christmas special and the way they signed off on it, like that was it. So who knows if that's the final, final show or what. Um, but yeah, it should be an interesting show. And then hopefully in a couple of weeks or so, the shows will start getting back to normal once they have a uh, new content. But right now it's, you know, the holiday season, a lot of best of uh, awards being given out for these shows as well. And then tomorrow night, uh, obviously, Braden won't be with me again, but uh, we've actually got, uh, we're going to be on the post-wrestling feed tomorrow. So we're doing double duty. We're going to be filling in for Rewind to Dynamite, as well as doing our uh, typical BD Elite show. And I mean, last year, you kind of said on the show, what are we calling this show? Because it's it's John and Davey, not Braden and Davey. So I thought, well, I can't have you on it on BD Elite next week because it won't work. So... Uh, I've reached out to B Detroit so so go. we can stay on brand and it will be myself and B uh, tomorrow running down AEW. And then I've got a little poll up on the Facebook group right now to decide uh, what we're putting in place of uh, the uh, the best of the year show. Now, don't worry, we are going to be doing our two-parter best of the year show but we want to wait for Braden to be back before we do that so you can still vote get your votes in for your top 10 matches of the year uh, on the Facebook or on the on the Patreon Um, but instead we're going to do a movie review and there's there's three in the running for it so far three very different uh, movies we've got um, we've got uh, sorry what is it New Year's Evil which is like a horror New Year's film, which we thought would be a a good thing to do considering next week is NXT New Year's Evil. We've got the Peter Jackson film Brain Dead, 
which Martin Bushby's been pushing for. Uh, they're, they're the two in, in the lead right now. And in third place is Tick, Tick, Boom, the, the musical uh, on Netflix starring a Mr. Andrew Garfield. So they're the three in the running at the moment. It looks like New Year's Evil is going to have it, but uh, you've still got time to put your votes in and I'll announce tomorrow what show and hopefully who I'll be reviewing it with. And then this Sunday, we'll be going back for Was Next. I'll be joined by one of my Was experts, Anne-Marie, uh, who is going to join me to talk all about the July 10th 2013 edition of NXT. So a little bit of change to the schedule, um, but yes, next next year we'll be back. We'll probably be doing a show covering uh, Wrestle Kingdom, which is coming up. John, I know you're going to be joining me for our Hard to Kill review, and and we'll be doing our two-parter top 10 matches of 2021. Uh, so a lot, a lot going on, uh, a lot up in the air right now. Um, but don't worry, we'll we'll still have content for you to enjoy over the next few days. Um, but hopefully you're still just enjoying your time off and maybe maybe not listening to us so much as normal. So so banking it for when you're miserable and back at work in just a few days. Um, but talking about being miserable, shall we talk about this week's NXT 2.0? Let's watch it. You know, <laughs> having, I don't have COVID, but like I feel like I do or I have all the symptoms and like I feel like having this while trying to watch a show like NXT, unfortunately, does make it a lot worse because it's just wanted to be over at this point. It's just like, oh, geez, like it's just drags. Everything's in slow motion. The thing is, OK, I'm going to go behind the curtain a little bit. But a lot of the shows that I watch for Shot in the Dark, I watch them on faster speed, 1.5 or 2x. When I have to watch a show live and um, there's commercials, it, it just feels like forever. Like I don't watch Raw or SmackDown. The only show I watch live is uh, Dynamite, mostly because of the, the report that I do. But like I, I hate watching shows live for that simple fact that I can't fast forward. I can't pick up the speed. I can't skip things. Um, so that makes these shows like very hard to to get through, unfortunately. But um, yeah, let's let's talk about the final NXT of 2021. The final NXT of 2021, yes, NXT 2.0, December the 28th, 2021, from the Capitol Wrestling Center. We open with Grayson Waller, hot off his appearance on Monday Night Raw last night. He comes out and calls himself the breakout star of the year. He says his Christmas was great. He worked out Christmas morning and he thought he deserved a present. So he bought himself a first class ticket to Detroit and front row for Monday Night Raw. And he said he was having a good time keeping himself to himself when AJ Styles wanted the Grayson Waller rub. And we get a little bit of a a recap from Raw, a little highlights where um, AJ says that this is the place where stars are made and you're not a star. You're not even close. And Grayson continues tonight. He's saying, I don't get why people like AJ Styles. Uh, you think he's a good guy after he threatens me? He comes out on my show and then he starts to mock uh, AJ's theme song, the uh, They Don't Want None, and says it's probably top five worst songs he's ever heard. And he says, you guys, the NXT universe, you try your hardest to get your fat asses out of your seats because you're so excited to see AJ. And AJ says, I'm not a star. Well, there's no brighter star than Grayson Waller. And if it wasn't for Commander Aziz and Apollo Crews, AJ would never wrestle again. And he says, I'm meant to face Dexter Loomis tonight, but you really thought he'd be able to fight? 
after what I did to his back last week with a steel chair. Well, Dexter's not here tonight. He's at home with his catfish girlfriend icing his back. And Indy Hartwell to Dexter Loomis may be a 10, but she's a Grayson Waller three. So uh, before Odyssey Jones comes out, what did you make of uh, Waller's promo here? Yeah, I, I didn't get to watch Raw, but I did hear that he was on. And I was actually trying to like watch a little bit of Raw and hopefully see that part, but I didn't get a chance to. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if, if Grayson Waller is being called up. I feel like he's already got the, like the rocket to his back. Somebody obviously likes him a lot. He reminds me of like Austin Theory in a way with his cockiness a little bit. So I can mm-hmm. definitely see him being like put to the main roster right away. Um, this was good. I, for some reason, I, could, I picture somebody who only watches NXT and doesn't watch anything else. Be like, who the hell is Amos, who the hell is uh, Commander Aziz? Because these guys never appeared on NXT. They just got right to the main roster. So I can be being confused by this. But yeah, I'm a little like, I don't know what's going on. Because like the show, the big show is next week. And they're not obviously going to have this match. But they're still like setting it up. And then they're kind of bringing this feud over to Raw. So it's like, this is going to be a main roster match. And they're just like hyping it up on on New Year's Evil. Like, I really don't know what's going on with this feud. But it's it's weird how it's kind of crossing over between Monday and Tuesdays. Yeah, I, I like it though. I, I think... I wish there was more cross promotion between main roster and NXT kind of back in the black and gold days. So I'm not against this. It would selfishly, I'd like to see this match on NXT because that's the show I cover. Um, but it could just be, this is the way they're calling up Grayson Waller uh, very, very quickly. But I think the guy's got something. I, I think he is very confident on the microphone um, and He's getting good good heat from this crowd. So something's working with him. I, I did really like the line as well. Indy is a, a Dexter Miss 10, but a Grayson Waller 3. I thought that was quite a good line. But out comes Odyssey Jones, who uh, commentary point out was one of Dexter's groomsmen. And Waller kind of bails. He's like, nah, I'm not doing this. So Odyssey gets on the mic and says, you walk around here like you're a big time superstar, but all you are is a big time bitch. So Waller doesn't want to take that. So he comes back to the ring as the NXT crowd are chanting big time bitch. And we go into the match. It's Grayson Waller versus Odyssey Jones. Uh, Waller's going for some of his like boxing jabs early on. And after Odyssey kind of goes after him, he just bails and kind of gets in the ropes. Just classic heel stuff here. Uh, Jones then throws Waller into the corner, followed up by a big splash and a big beal. He hits the sidewalk slam on Waller, but Waller kicks out, comes back with his second rope elbow drop, uh, which looked pretty nice. And then Waller is delivering kind of the 10 punches in the corner as Odyssey pulls him off with a powerbomb. But as he's pulling Waller off, uh, Waller grabs the top turnbuckle, removing the, the protective like foam there and delivers the power bomb. Um, but Waller kicks out in two. Then Jones goes for like a diving splash into the corner, but Waller moves. He eats the turnbuckle and then Waller goes to the outside and hits his like dive through the ropes, roll through stunner, uh, which I think looks pretty cool and picks up the win. One, two, three, Grayson Waller beats Odyssey Jones. Uh, what did you make of the match, John? Well, the first thing we should notice, and this is going to be a running theme with this show and including um, on the Night Raw, is people being advertised and not showing up. So obviously Dexter Loomis was supposed to fight in this match, and obviously you can kind of put two and two together. The one thing I will say, though, I am jealous that I didn't get to go to the MSG show because they ended up getting Edge versus Kevin Owens in a steel cage match as a result 
of all the people being mm. taken out of the shows. And that'd be a pretty cool match to see live. Um, as far as this match goes, it was okay. I mean, I like the way he won. I guess it's, you know, underhanded tactics by pulling the, the corner and the, the exposed turnbuckle and this and that. But, you know, it makes sense for Grayson to take down a big guy like that. Just kind of, you know, cheap little, little win here. But, you know, Grayson has to get the win, obviously, going into this feud with AJ Styles. And unfortunately, Odyssey Jones was the, the person to take the fall for this one. Yeah, I can't say Odyssey Jones has been doing much for me. I he he's been here a while now. He was there with that uh, breakout tournament class, which was yeah, and still kind like of the, really, the black and they, gold they really, brand. They really slowed him down after that. Like he, they had a little like momentum behind him, and they were kind of pushing him a little bit. But then like he kind of just they kind of cooled him down, and nothing really has happened since. I felt so too, and but I just haven't really seen that next that next gear from him at all. And I and I thought the the kind of splash in the corner to lead to the finish into the exposed turnbuckle look kind of sloppy and contrived. Like obviously as soon as the padding comes off, you know what's happening, but yeah, didn't think it looked great, but um, I have been impressed with Waller, how he's kind of taken the ball since being given, uh, being given this role. So AJ Styles then appears on the Titantron and uh, thanks Waller for dropping by last night. And he says, you got some attention and that's what you wanted. The problem is you've got the wrong kind of attention and I'm going to be at NXT next week and it's time to put up or shut up. I'll see you at New Year's Evil. And as you alluded to, John, that this is set up as like a confrontation, not necessarily a match. So uh, whether this sets up like a big main event on NXT for like the following week or something, we'll, we'll wait and see. But still having, I- having AJ on this show, elevates new year's evil i think honestly i could see this continuing this and then having grayson waller be the person that eliminates aj styles in the royal rumble i can see that being like his big spot and they eventually okay. have a match yeah right after that yeah yeah i'm, I'm not against that at all i think that's a great idea because i think um, we're definitely gonna get a lot of these 2.0 guys especially like the the new guys like a braun breaker or a tony d'angelo they're all gonna be in the royal rumble you would think so because I didn't count the roster, but I'm pretty sure it's going to be pretty tough to get 30 men and women with all the, the cuts in the last couple of weeks or so. So I'm pretty sure we're going to see a lot of these uh, 2.0 people in there. Very true. Very true. Uh, yeah, I think that I think that would be a great spot, actually. We go backstage uh, for an interview with Cora Jade and Raquel Gonzalez, who are set to face toxic attraction tonight. And Mackenzie starts the interview and Cora cuts her off and says, yes, Mackenzie. We can coexist. Uh, next week, we were against each other, but this week we will team up like we did at War Games. And tonight we're going to take out that toxic trash. And then Io Shirai walks in and says that she doesn't care who wins, but she has the first shot against whoever the champion is. And she still wants her rematch against Raquel. Then Kaylee Ray comes in and says that she also feels she deserves a shot. And Mandy Rose, who happens to be watching from her swimming pool, uh, comes on the screen behind them and says, well, how about I give the girls a night off tonight? So instead, it's going to be EO and Kaylee Ray taking on Raquel and Cora. And the winners of tonight's match will face Mandy at New Year's Evil. You know, it's funny. Last week, I think you made the joke that like Mandy Rose is at the same resort as uh, Braden Harrington. I think she might still be there because she hasn't left since she's been stuck by the same pool for over a week now. Um, yeah, she might be in the same position as, as, as Brayden is right now. Uh, I think Brayden would be uh, very jealous that, that she gets a pool and he just gets a balcony, but uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, 
So, I mean, Obviously, we can keep so counting them, right? I no mean, toxic attraction Yeah, this toxic week. attraction. Yep. Yeah. And it, and it sucks, too, because I'm hearing these stories about, like, people in the crowd uh, yesterday in, in Detroit, um, you know, being COVID and spreading it, whatever. Mm. And I was like, you have these people literally appearing on this show and then taking it back to Orlando and people missing. And it's just like bad case of deja vu from last year. We had a, this happening all the time last year. Um, but yeah, it looks like unfortunately toxic attraction is uh, off for now, but um, we'll it's see. Off. Yep. Yeah. I, I'm getting, uh, I feel we're getting a lot of these wink, wink, nod, nod. Can we coexist lines? Like I think Big E did it the other week when he was teaming with. Yeah. Lashley he's like, don't, Raw. don't say the C word. And he said. Yeah. It's like you're writing jokes making fun of your poor writing like can we just not do this instead of acknowledging yes this is a trope we go to every single week can we just do away with it just do away with the trope so we don't have to do yeah the can we coexist thing uh very very boring by this yeah i never understood that like make it fun of yourself but then continuing to do it anyway it's like what's the more yeah uh Meanwhile, Grayson Waller is backstage uh, walking from his his ring segment and he gets into the camera and says, no, we're not going to go back to Vic and Wade. Uh, AJ was trying to take my win away from me. Or you know what? Yes, next week, AJ, I'll confront you. And MSK are kind of just backstage waiting to come out. And uh, Grayson just shoulder barges them and says, screw you to MSK. And they're like, oh, how do you take it? Do you take anything from that? You think we might see a potential tag match? If so, who can Grayson Waller team up with? Who would be a good partner for him? I mean, Waller's not making many friends at all, is he? No, not um, at all. <laughs> I, I think it's more just, it's kind of like that that segment with the locker room the other week, just showing how, how unliked he is. Uh, we had like EO getting in his face. I don't take any sort of, match coming out of that uh, everybody just hates both seem pretty timed up. Yeah. i think that's what it is and we're gonna see maybe even start seeing heels that don't like him either just make him out to really be this kind of miz figure i guess like like actual sort of shoot miz back in the day if you know what i mean right yep uh we get a little vignette saying tiffany stratton is ready for action and she'll be coming up very soon and then we see zion quinn who says Electra, I know you want this as much as I do, but it's either me or Legado, and this needs to happen tonight. The choice is yours. Um, sorry, my my Alexa heard me say <laughs> Electra and got very confused in the background there. Uh, but yeah, Z- Zion wants answers. He, he he wants to know: Does Electra want him or want Legado? So we go to MSK who come out to a good reaction. Uh, there's lots of MSK chants. Um, I'm, I was glad to see this because MSK from this crowd uh, particularly have been getting a lot of unnecessary booze, in my opinion. And it the one thing the one thing I was the one thing I say is though, you know how MSK always has like a little pose where they stop in front of the crowd. Uh, the people that are behind them were a little over the top excited. I feel like they purposely put people behind them that were going to like cheer them on. But yeah, obviously that's what we predicted this whole thing with Riddle. Uh, maybe even the, them bumping into Grayson Waller was a way to just get the, the crowd behind them. Um, but yeah, it looks like maybe the people that were booing them, maybe they're not showing up to the shows anymore. You know what? Maybe they were over in Daly's place tonight because it's not too far away. And a lot of the, the fans that usually go to uh, NXT do check out 
uh, AEW when they're in um in Florida. So that could be a possibility as well. They might have left and go see the dark tapings over in uh, Daly's place tonight instead. That's true. And as they say, absence makes the heart grow fonder. Like they have been away for quite a sure. while. It was Halloween Havoc last time they were there. Um, and, I, and I also feel there's something with this audience now where uh, if you are black and gold, we like you, <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. it's, we've seen it a lot like Johnny, because Johnny's had his up and down with the crowd as well. But this last, his last kind of end of his run, the crowd were fully behind him. And I definitely find whenever I'm watching the show and I see like a Imperium come on or, or a Champa come out or whatever, there's almost like this breath where you're like, ah, oh, like this is good. This is how things should be. Um, so yeah, it was nice to see MSK get, uh, get good chance here. Um, I think Nash Carter was wearing an RK bro shirt. I didn't quite catch what uh, Wesley was wearing Wesley had a, like, had a nice like a uh, Beetlejuice. It was like a Beetlejuice montage. Is that what it like, was? From okay. the movie. Yeah. Pretty cool shirt. Yeah. Looked pretty cool. Uh, but no riddle. So uh, riddle obviously being advertised. Uh, I assume he was at that, uh, that show last night, uh, raw he last was, night. Yeah. So if there mm-hmm. were, were cases, probably even if he's um, not being exposed, probably sensible not to bring, bring him over tonight. Um, as was the case with AJ as well. Um, MSK say last time they were here was for Halloween Havoc where they lost the NXT titles, uh, but it feels so good to be back. They went on a beautiful journey and found their shaman bro Riddle and they went higher than they ever went before. And then Riddle appears on the screen and says, sorry, I can't be there. Change of plans, but we got to roll with the punches, but I'll be there in spirit like a higher power. But now there's one thing left to do, and that's challenge Imperium for the NXT Championship. The NXT Tag Team Championship. It's your destiny, bros. And then Wesley says, Imperium, bring your ass here, boy. And Imperium's music hits. And uh, Marcel Bartel, Fabian Eichner come out. They start speaking in German. And Wesley is asking... I. I I did find this quite funny. He's like, whoa, whoa, where are the, where are the live subtitles? I can't see the live <laughs> subtitles, which is something I've been bringing up every week. How are they live subtitling these people? Um, but yeah, he's like, sorry, we're not cultured. I, I can't speak German. And Marcel Bartel goes, not cultured, huh? Looking at you, that doesn't surprise me. Well, you write your songs and ride your silly scooters. The fact is the two of you would never, ever be able to touch us. The NXT tag titles will stay with the greatest tag team this division has ever seen. They're going to stay right here where they belong, and they belong to Imperium. Nash Carter says, well, if you're feeling spicy, put them on the line right here, right now. And that's when Walter's face appears on the screen and says, MSK, you are a disgrace to the match you're standing on. Everything wrong. You represent everything that's wrong with this sport. And Imperium treat the titles with respect. And the only thing you deserve is a beating. And then they have like a kind of like a like a phone 
call-in noise, like a Zoom, like kind of thing. <laughs> you know, it As, reminded me of, uh, I think it was like American Pie, like when you're talking to somebody and like somebody else is like, oh, it's still on the line. And they, their face pops up. Like, okay, that's what happened here because Riddle was gone. And then as soon as Walter was there, Riddle was somehow able to phone himself back in. And yeah, you had a little phone sound, which is kind of funny. Like, oh, there he is. I, I just picture, yeah, Matt Riddle, Mandy Rose just sat at home watching this on the TV. And then they're like, huh, I'm not taking that. And just pull out their phones and... <laughs> And cool people, and then they're just on the screen. It's great. Yeah, it might um, just be like some gigantic WWE like Zoom chat that people can just jump in and out I of think whenever so. they feel like it. I think yeah. so. It's more like house party, I guess, where you can just like pop in and out, right? Yeah. Um. So Riddle calls back in and says, "I can't let you talk to my boys like that, uh, Walter. You're just Austrian Euro trash." And he suggests that uh, next week it's going to be Imperium versus MSK and Riddle. Uh, Volta accepts and says, we'll expose you for what you are, and that's just a bunch of showmen. We are Imperium, and for us, the mat is sacred. Um, yeah, I, I mean, we were, we've were we been talking about this a couple of weeks now. Is this the direction we think it's going to go with a, a six-man? And it seems to be the case. That's been confirmed for New Year's Eve, and that is a huge match. Um, I'm yeah, really looking forward to this one. Yeah, this is great. I, I'm wondering how long uh, this has been in the plans. How long Walter has been here? How long he's going to stay here for? If it's going to be like a permanent thing, um, is he going to be in the Royal Rumble? It's another thing. You know, anybody that's here already this soon, you would think they're going to stick around for the Rumble at least. Um, but yeah, this should be great. Uh, the six man, you know, all six of these guys are great. Um, hopefully we get the eventual riddle versus Walter singles match down the line as well as, you know, MSK go try to go back after the tag titles. But um, this is the match that I was hoping for. And I'm so happy we're going to get it next week. Um, yeah, this should be great. I mean, I don't think Walter and riddle have faced off in WWE before. I know they faced off plenty of times in like progress and other places, but I don't think they face in WWE. Am I correct? Or not that I can recall. No, um, right. Not in WWE. So, so this should be this, yeah, this match I is going to bang for sure. I, yeah, I, I really hope we get the singles down the line, but I think this six man is, um, this could be really good. And I feel this feels like something we would have got in that kind of black and gold uh, era. Um, so really excited for this one. I hope it gets a decent amount of time next week. Um, but yeah, these, I feel Imperium feel actually elevated recently. This is obviously their second run as, as champions. And I felt, the first time round, they they almost felt a bit of a afterthought. Whereas I I think now uh, they look fantastic these days. I don't know what they've been doing in the gym. Not that they look bad before, but they they look great. And I, I think this could be an absolute barn burner next week. I'm I'm really looking forward to this one. So we then go to Joe Gacy and Harland uh, as. Uh, they're about to have a match. Uh, Harlan's going to have his match against Brian Kendrick. And they're kind of just in the, uh, they're like outside in the forest. And What's going on? Uh, like, there's like, there's like purple lights and green lights. And I don't even know where they are. Is it a forest or I don't know what they're standing it, in front It's of. like where Bray Wyatt used to hang out, kind of just a little cleaned <laughs> up. I think they just, they just took over. Yeah. They took, oh, you know, it's a good, 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 uh, good spot here to shoot some creepy looking it, videos. So let's, let's use it's it. It's a good place to start a cult. I think just, there we go. Out outside, uh, well, not full sale, but the uh, the performance center there in Florida. Um, and Gacy's just looking at Harland and says, remember what he called you. Mr. Kendrick called you a freak. You are no freak. 
And we go backstage to Idris Onofe, who uh, says his first win felt fantastic. Obviously, uh, Idris Onofe picking up his, his first win against Von Wagner in a bit of an upset last week. And he says all his life he had doubters and nothing felt better than closing the year with a win. And that's when Von Wagner comes in, gets in his <laughs> face and says, you got lucky. You, you sh- shouldn't have beat me. You got lucky and I'll, I'm going to beat your ass. And Malik Blade then comes in and says, well, you know what? I'm going to do the same and I'm going to beat you. And <laughs> Wagner just says, who the hell are you? Um, no, the way he said it, though, like, I, I hate Von Wagner, but I just get excited whenever I see him on the screens. I know he's going to say something dumb, but he just, like, looks at him and he, he, just, he like, grunts. He's like, oh, who are you? Like, I was just like, what is going on right now? Like, it's hilariously bad. Like, <laughs> I can't take it. But, um, yeah, I mean, most people probably didn't know who Malik Blade was. But, um, but you know, Von Wagner needs to watch um, 205 Live, I guess. I mean, he's been on NXT a little bit as well. Yeah, a couple of times, um, a couple of times. Yeah, Von Wagner, you think he's Von been Wagner there as much NXT? as Von has been there, to be honest. That's yeah. true. You think he actually watches um, the show now? He just does his part and leaves. Yeah, I thought everyone sounded terrible here. I didn't think Idris sounded good at all. He f- sounded very wooden. Um, hopefully that's something just with more more practice, because obviously it doesn't come naturally for everyone speaking, but hopefully after a bit of time, uh, he's going to, sound a bit better because uh he's been kind of impressive what i've seen in ring um but yeah von wagner it's it is he he's that it it, it, it's kind of like tj he sucks baby just say he sucks you know no that's what i mean but there's this (laughs) there's this guilty pleasure about how bad he is where you just as you said it's like you just you're waiting for his new come tuesday to come like it's um (laughs) yeah not just get excited not when he's about to open his performer. mouth. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. Yeah, just and ugh. like he, he's someone who def, definitely needs a mouthpiece, and it looks like they're going that way with Robert Stone, which kind I just of, don't yeah. think don't think it's the right direction. But uh, we'll see. Th- this isn't working for me, and I I thought this segment uh, the last couple of weeks we've seemed to have moved away from a bit of the uh, like all the vignettes of all these random characters we're having. Um, and I think because we've established some of our um, our newer talent have been a bit more mm-hmm. established and we're getting to know everyone a bit more. So we're having less of that kind of introduction. But this felt like going back to promo class. This felt like like training. It, it wasn't. Whatever happened to, um, to, to Draco Anthony? Remember the guy in the, in the coffee shop? Like that was it. That one week. Like he hasn't even appeared on 205 Live. Usually these guys like Tiffany Stratton will appear on 205 Live first or Lash Legend. But this guy, Draco. I haven't seen him at all. So I don't know what happened with him. So just kind of odd. They kind of showed that one time and that was it. Maybe he just really likes the coffee and he's just like, ah, oh, I'm going yeah, to hang taking out here, his t- to be Taking his time. You know what's funny? There was a commercial. I think it was after this spot. I swear to God, I thought it was for a new wrestler. It was like a guy ice skating and it ended up being like a commercial for the Olympics. And I thought it was a new wrestler come to NXT as an ice skating gimmick. Because like it was the same that's, style and everything. I was like, what is this? Like who's, who's, who's debuting now? And it was an ice skater. That's the game every week because all these commercials have the same music as NXT now. And it's just you say, all right. Well, it's normally uh, Craig Robinson advertising um, Pizza, Pizza Hut. That we're <laughs> like, oh, is it back? It's like, no, no. It's it's another commercial. But yeah, every every week these commercials could be a new character on NXT 2.0. Well, we go to Joe Gacy and Harland. Harland's set to have his match against Brian Kendrick, and Kendrick's music hits, 
but doesn't come out. And Gacy says, Kendrick is like so many people in this world. He talks a big game, but as soon as he's confronted by his mistakes, he doesn't show up. So instead, did somebody say Andre Chase? Yes, Andre Chase comes out and says, pardon the interruption, Mr. Gacy, Mr. Harland. Um, but what we have right now is a teachable moment as some of his class in the crowd, like say it along with him. And he says at Andre Chase University, we don't quit. We don't run away from our problems. We take negatives and turn them into positives. Ugh, so Joe, bad timing. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> so Joe Gacy says, we admire what you do at Andre Chase University. Harland was enrolled in school himself until he was unfairly and unjustly expelled. And we'd like to thank you for stepping up as Mr. Kendrick's replacement tonight. As Andre Chase looks a little, ah, that's kind of not what I was saying. And Harland grabs him by the sweater and shoves him to the map, thus starting the match. Harland versus Andre Chase. Andre tries to come in with a few punches, uh, but eats all these big elbows from Harland. Uh, Harland just shoves him out the ring with one arm and then like pulls him into the ropes. So Chase goes throat first into the ropes and then does his just face planting as if he's murdering the guy, just repeatedly slamming Chase's face into the mat and the referee calls off the match giving the win to Harland and after the match one of Chase's students runs in um, kind of like a blonde Bo Dallas looking kid <laughs> uh, tries to help Chase but Harland grabs him and carries him off um, yeah unfortunately didn't get the Kendrick match which I was actually kind of looking forward to but obviously at the moment kind of everything's up in the air um, Perhaps it'll be something we go back to, but poor Andre Chase here just being fodder for, for Haaland. Yeah, sucks for us. We didn't get to see uh, Brian Kendrick, but good for him because obviously he had to go through this beating. But we get to hear a little bit of his theme song, which I still love to this day. I'm the man with the plan. One of the really good theme songs. Um, the match was what it was. It was at one point when when uh, when Harley was face planting him, like he stopped, but Andre Chase kept going. Like, like without, yes. without Harley. <laughs> yeah. I'm, like, I'm like, is that supposed to be on purpose or what? Um, and as far as the blonde Bo Dallas, that's another Bo. That's Bo D. Hayward, who's been kind of like in the crowd. Uh, he's kind of like the ringleader for the, the Chase University with the flag and all that. Um, so he's been kind of hanging around. I think he even came to ringside with uh, Chase a week or two. Um, so, yeah, it looks like he's going to be involved with something as well. As we see after the match, he kind of like kind of reminded me of the old like ministry things where they would take somebody in and I guess mm. have them join the cult in a way. It looks like maybe that's what they're doing with him. Yeah, um, I mean, jury's still out on on Holland. Obviously, the guy looks scary. Both his matches so far have just been complete squashes. We haven't really seen any uh, any big moves from him apart from the kind of face slamming thing. But at the moment, you don't really need to do a whole lot more than this and build him up as this monster. Um, and I, I have been enjoying the relationship with him and Joe Gacy. It is. Uh, it is working for me, but shame we didn't see the Kendrick match. Um, yeah, I, we I do might get it down the line. Down yeah, the line. I'm sure we will. Yeah. So we're backstage with Legado del Fantasma and Santos Escobar is asked about his his thoughts uh, of uh, Zion Quinn and Electra. And that's when Electra Lopez comes out 
of the dressing room and says, you guys waiting for me? And Santos is like, yo, what's the deal with you and Zion? As Solo Sikoa comes out and just says, oh, my bad. Sorry for interrupting. And starts to walk away. Santos starts speaking in Spanish and then translates and says he should apologize for what he just did. And uh, I think it's Solo says, you have misplaced anger and we can settle this in the ring tonight. Um, a bit of a weak way to set up this match, um, which perhaps something else was originally planned. Uh, I don't know. Uh, but yes, yeah, yeah. like Solo how, how... didn't even walk. I, I thought they were doing it where he was in the dressing room with Electra, but he came out a completely different door. So I don't, I don't yeah, really get that, what the that was my was first thought was, two. yeah, I was like, did he come out of the same room as, as, as uh, Electra? Then I'm like, wait, maybe he came out of the restroom because that's a, a popular place uh, in NXT to kind of hang out in the restroom. And then I was like, are they leading to maybe like solo fighting all three of them and then having to get some backup in the form of Usos? Like that would have been pretty cool. If you're going to bring, you know, if you're going to do this thing every week where you're bringing people down to NXT, they can maybe lead this on down the road where he gets a little backup and you have solo and the Usos for one week, taking on like out of the Fantasma. That would be a, a crazy six-man match if that happens. But yeah, as far as like this backstage thing, I was a little confused as well. I'm like, is Solo now involved with Electra? But it looks like that's not the, the direction they're going with, at least for now. Who knows? With the, as the John, world turns what, what, of NXT. What do you mean the Usos coming down? Solo Sokoa is, is, is a lone wolf. He, he was abandoned as a kid, and he, he grew up learning to fight on the streets. What, why would the Usos come and help him? I mean, maybe because the NXT crowd here just keeps chanting Oos oh, whenever he wrestles. So I don't think he's going to forget about the fact that he's a uh, part of the Anawaii family. But come on, it's inevitable. I'm pretty sure they want to do it, uh, you know, one time thing with the three brothers. I'm sure they'll do it down the line. Absolutely. We go to our next match and it's Tiffany Stratton making her NXT in-ring debut, taking on Fallon Henley. And um, the crowd seem to know who who Fallon is. There's actually some dueling chants here. Like half the crowd are going for Fallon, half the crowd are going for Tiffany. Um, Stratton just shoves Fallon to the mat, uh, applies an arm bar for quite a while. Um, pretty basic stuff here between the two. They just keep countering holds, going from headlock to headlock. There's then a shoulder tackle from Tiffany and kind of does a bit of a sort of cheerleader pose. And then... She there's like the drop down leapfrog um, bit and Tiffany does a somersault over Fallon uh, scoop slams her then does a like a backflip handspring elbow into the corner where Stratton kind of hesitates a little. It, it didn't look too great and then finishes the match with a flat liner uh, to Henley here. Um, very, very basic stuff. Yeah, pretty basic. I mean, she's literally had one match before this uh, being Tiffany Stratton on 205, and it was definitely better than that match. So she's definitely improved. Um, as far as the crowd being behind Fallon Henley, I kind of like what I was alluding to before is I feel like a lot of these people that go to these Florida shows, the same people that go to NXT will definitely go to the AEW Dark tapings uh, in Universal Studios in Orlando. And they're definitely familiar with her because she's appeared uh, as Tisha Price on AEW. And uh, even like on 205 Live the last couple of weeks, she's actually been getting a pretty good reaction um, being in a couple of singles matches and tag matches. So I have actually pretty high expectations for this Fallon Henley. Did you know that she was actually a um, an alternate in the May Young Classic back in 2017, I think? She was supposed to actually be in it. It was oh, her okay. and Britt Baker, I think, were supposed to be like alternates, and she never made it. So oh, she's been around right. for a while, just kind of hanging around. So I'm happy she actually is like officially signed now to WWE. And I think it's a mm. good opponent to have uh, Tiffany 
wrestling her and know tv debut here uh and definitely made her look as good as possible but yeah tiffany you know still has a little work to get to um but i don't know we'll see we'll see what they do with her i feel like she's she's missing something i don't i don't know if it's like i don't know i feel like she's missing something she needs maybe a couple more like personality she needed a promo yet yeah, that's what I'm saying. She needs to like she really like promo here. Like the, all the vignettes have been her talking, her talking about being daddy's girl and all this. Uh, I think she should have either spoken before the match or after the match. But um, do you think that like daddy, daddy could be like a big reveal? That's something that they kind of lead. So you know how like last year they had the whole Halloween havoc thing with the the ghost face. You think she might still bring up daddy every once in a while, and then we find out daddy is like I don't know jerry the king lawler or something <laughs> i feel it should be more like in cartoons when you never see the parents you know okay. like how they're always talked about and i feel that could be the kind of thing with with daddy here um but yeah no i i obviously it, this this girl is super new to it and obviously got a, a big athletic background so hopefully can showcase that a bit more uh with the gymnastics uh but yeah as far as debuts go i think maybe it a promo or something would have would have helped this felt a little flat and was a very basic match to be shown on on tv um, and wasn't she the girl that was in the car last week with ellie knight was that ellie knight like two weeks ago when like they showed like a random girl it was definitely her because she was wearing the same clothes and they never really you know followed up on that so and where is ellie knight he drove off in i mean ellie no- he got beaten he got up, beat up he? right he got beat up so grayson waller drove yeah. away with yeah. tiffany stratton all right, I don't know what's going on at NXT. It's only love trying. I mean, I think LA Knight is old enough to be daddy here, but um, maybe, yeah, maybe he is daddy. <laughs> maybe, maybe LA Knight's daddy. We go to Tony D'Angelo, who is on a couch. He's sipping some, what's he drinking there? Some whiskey or something? Got his he looked, like, he looked like you on Christmas. He's just hanging around and just drinking and relaxing. <laughs> <laughs> and he says, Last week I introduced you to my little friend. Petey Poppins meet Crowbar. I heard your hand break last week. And it it's kind of like he's on the couch watching TV and he keeps replaying uh, the, the Crowbar strike to Pete Dunne's hand, who must have been all right because didn't he wrestle Champer at MSG the other day? He did. He lailed. Yeah, a couple of years ago. Yeah. So keep showing replays of this. And he says, uh, your face was the look of a man who shouldn't have messed with Tony D. And as my grandfather junior said, you find the bully and you smash his face in. So if you do come back, it's going to be a lot, lot worse. So doesn't seem like this uh, Pete Dunne, Tony D'Angelo feud is over. Um, I imagine we're getting some kind of gimmick match down the line, whether it be no DQ, crowbar on a pole, something like that. Um, But I quite enjoyed the match last week. So I don't think this is a bad idea. And I think for someone like, Tony D'Angelo, you want to be in there with some veterans and and Pete Dunne's one of the best you got there. Yeah, I think D'Angelo is definitely going to get his, his win back, um, which is sad for Pete Dunne. Like, I, I, I don't know. What do you what do you see for Pete Dunne? You see, you see him staying much longer in NXT? I feel like he's another guy that can be like in the Royal Rumble and then called up the next day on Raw or something. Yeah, it. he's a hard one. Like, what do you do with him on, on main roster? Like... Ah. I mean, I hopefully put him, you know, in the ring and have him have great matches with like Finn Balor and and Ricochet. But, you know, that's not going to happen. So it's it's so weird. He's in a really bad position. He just signed a contract. But, you know, that doesn't mean anything. Obviously. He is. And you um, would hope with him signing that he's got he's had some assurances of some kind of direction. But yeah, yeah you know, it's, it's funny. 
he's so young. Like he's a veteran, mm. but 28, what, what is he? right? I think 28, 28. Like yeah. he's so young and, and to just be like Champa, I feel, I think we were saying this last week, Champa in that player coach role makes sense. Like he, he seems to be working a lot training these kids at the performance center. He's mentioned about his neck and has how he doesn't really want to do main roster mainly because of the, the touring and the, and the amount more you're working and doesn't want to put that on his neck. So him staying there as a player coach makes sense. Done is so young and to be already in that, that veteran role just to kind of do what, you know, like Cassius Ono was doing back in the day. It seems a shame. So, you know what though? Like it, it didn't make sense until I listened to him on the Corey Graves podcast a couple of weeks ago. He was actually talking about um, like signing, you know, I didn't say why he signed, but pretty much what he was saying was when he doesn't wrestle, he just stays at home with his daughter and his family in, in Florida. So like, he loves the fact that he can like, just go back to his home right after. So I feel like that could be one of the reasons maybe he doesn't want to tour with the AW and go from city to city. He just seems like a real family man. Like when he doesn't wrestle, all he does is stay with his family. So I feel like that could be one of the main reasons. Like he's just comfortable in Orlando and just can stay home with his, with his, with his kid. So I think that's probably the main reason. And he's still 28. So down the road, when his daughter's a little bit older, going to school, maybe he'll be like, okay, now I can, you know, I'm in my thirties. Now I can jump around and go elsewhere. But I think for the time being, he's just being a family guy, you know, collecting money well, and just relaxing. Well, if that's the case, I, I guess he's not doing main roster then, you know? That's, yeah, that's, that's the thing. Yeah, maybe he's, he's told that he'll get to stay in, or, in Orlando. Unless we go back to the Thunderdome, in which case, maybe. <laughs> yeah, please. I'm like, I'm like, I think I had a nightmare the other day about them going back to the Thunderdome and WWE like promoting it as this big thing. Like, finally, the Thunderdome is oh. back. And it's like, no, no, please, no. Please don't. Please don't. <laughs> I, I was uh, watching uh, NXT UK and they're doing like a best of 2021. And I swear to God, I saw my face on one of the matches. I'm like, oh, geez, I'm still I'm still there. I'm still oh, there in, in, the Thunderdome. in the crowd. For my, for, my, for my one appearance in the Thunderdome, they, they recycled it for months upon months. But damn. Let's hope. Well, we go back. We go to our contract signing and they've kind of been playing up throughout the night that no one has seen Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams. And with the amount of changes to this card <laughs> and the amount of people not showing up, you kind of buy it and you're like, ah, oh, I guess Melo and Trick aren't there this week. Uh, I wonder why. But Biven starts the segment. He's obviously with Roddy and Diamond Mine and says backstage i didn't see trick williams or the self-proclaimed a champion uh but i get get it prices can be high this time of year so i guess he didn't make it um and then trick and mellow come out and trick says hush now grown-ups are talking roddy we're gonna call you the b champion because you're going to once be a champion and next Tuesday, bring the boots. And mate, I, I gotta, I gotta admit, I didn't catch a whole lot of what you were saying. Here. And <laughs> you I, were I pretty much that, like Wade. You were like Wade Barrett. I was Wade middle. Barrett in this segment, and I think, I think that's okay. I think that's how it was meant to be. So, Rod Trick just runs his mouth, and Roddy says to Bivens, "What did he just say?" So Bivens says he'll translate, and he says, "Trick said you're a second tier champion." At New Year's Evil, you're not going to be able to unify the championship. He said he will put uh, put on his boots and beat you down. And Roddy's like, well, tell him that I'm going to kick his ass. So Bivens translates it and says, if you come at the king, you best not miss. Here you are outnumbered. And then Trick says, whoa, 
I've never been outnumbered. Look at this. I wear three chains. I've got eight abs. I've got two girls on the go. go. And, and it keeps on going back and forth where kind of uh, Trick is like uh, talking in his like speak with his lingo and Bivens keeps on translating it to Roddy, who I guess in this situation is me. And it's kind of <laughs> trying to translate it. But it's pretty funny. And Bivens yeah. says, look, I'm not going to do this all night. And then Wade just says, look, I've got no idea what just happened here, uh, what anyone is saying, but are we going to sign this contract or not? Mello then grabs the mic and says, when I shoot, I don't miss. And that's not a saying, it's a lifestyle. I got aim like Denzel in the equalizer and I'm, I'll put your face on the T-shirt. You know what you and the other people who've missed, uh, you know what you and the other people who've missed differ? Not a thing. I will take your championship and I'll unify them. I am the most scintillating champion in NXT and that's how it is and how it's going to be. And Roddy says, bravo. The fact you said this to my face tonight is impressive. As much potential you ha- as you have, At New Year's Evil, it's going to be a life-changing experience for you. It's going to be the highlight of my career when I unify these and walk out two-time North American champion. You're going to be carried out and known as Humbled Haze. And they're kind of getting a little rowdy here. So Wade settles them down and says it's time to sign the contract. And then both sign. And then as the music's playing, Bivens cuts it off and calls out Trick. And Trick gets in Bivens' face and says, listen, brother, can't we all just get along as the Creed brothers pick up Trick and slam him through the table, ending the segment. Um, John, thoughts on this one? Oof. I, have a, I have a bunch of thoughts for this one. First of all, first of all, uh, poor one out for Hachi, man. I don't know what happened to him, but he hasn't been seen in a couple of weeks. So it looks like he's back to the performance center, possibly. He, I mean, he True. didn't really do anything. He just kind of stood there. He never wrestled. He never talked. So he just kind of was there. Um, God bless Malcolm Bivens. I feel like he cannot be bad in any segment. Like just give him a He's mic so and he'll, like he'll talk. Um, this whole segment was weird. Um, yeah, the back and forth went a little. Even I even got lost a bunch of times. I'm like, I don't know what's going on here. Carmelo talk about the equalizer and this and that. Um, but yeah, the match is you know the match that we thought was going to happen. They did point out here that the winner of this match will be the North American champion. So it is confirmed that the cruiserweight title is going away. And there hasn't yeah. been any update on 205 Live. Remember the segment when Joe Gacy was like, I'm going to go to his show and I'm going to change it and all that. There hasn't been any update on 205 Live. It's been the same show. So maybe they're saving that for the new year if they're going to do some sort of rebranding. I'm guessing once the cruiserweight title is gone, they might, you know, just totally change up 205 Live. Um, my personal dream, hopefully, is to turn 205 Live into like Evolve or whatever you want to call it and make that exactly what the black and gold was before. Like, make that be like the must see show, you know, have like your banger of a match once per week and have like, you know, your indie stars appear on there as like a one off or whatever, just to like have some matches. Mm. Just make it totally different than what NXT is. Kind of like what NXT UK is, honestly. NXT UK is like what the black and gold was with their killer matches every week. Um, but this whole segment was, you know, it was what it was. But yeah, I kind of thought the same thing going into it. Like, oh, they're just tricking Carmella aren't there. They've been saying all night that they're not there. Um, but yeah, they were there. And, you know, the segment was what it was. And in a way, like Carmella didn't even care that Trick Williams got taken out. He didn't even attempt to go in there. So it's like, I don't know. Did you read more into this? Like, you think Trick is being separated from Carmella? Hopefully, because those two don't really click together. Carmella does not need anybody. He just have him be by himself and just be the champion. 
Yeah, I, I can I could see that. I can see Mello winning this thing and then just like blowing off uh trick, being like, I don't need you. You've actually been holding me back all this time. Um I, I feel Trick is is sounding a lot more confident. Um he I find he's got a similar kind of delivery as Dan Lambert, where it's a little bit too fast at times, where it's hard to actually process what is being said. And whether that's a nerve thing or just his style, I think he could use just slowing down a little. But I will say, compared to where he was at the beginning, he he looks way more confident when he's when he's cutting his promo and he's he is sounding a lot better. And I actually quite liked that it was like Roddy and Wade kind of playing us here where we're going, sorry, what what are you saying? Like, I, <laughs> and having Bivens being the translator, I thought it was pretty funny. Um, you're right. I, Mello doesn't need him. And with him kind of just walking away with him being put through the table, maybe that is going to play into something here. But uh, no, I, I thought this was, uh, I found this pretty entertaining. And now, what do you I think see happening for Roddy? Good. Roddy after he loses the title. How do you feel? How do you think Roddy must feel at night? Like he's like, you know, he loses the title. His his wife is on AEW. His best friends are on AEW. And he's just kind of like hanging out with the Creed brothers backstage. <laughs> I mean, he recently re-signed, right? So he's gonna be there yeah. a while, I believe. Yeah, I feel so... like he he's a type that I could see transition to a coach role. He like seems like he was born to be a coach, just the way he comes off and everything. So I don't know. It's but even Roddy, that. even though he's been around forever, he's like pretty young still, mid, isn't he? Mid thirties, yeah. I gotta see his mid thirties, late forties. Oh, I mean, sorry, mid, okay. late thirties, but still, 30, okay. like, still got, still got time, you know. Um, yeah, yeah I, I don't know what's next for Roddy. Uh, the way you're talking, I assume you think Mello is winning this thing. I think so. I think just the fact that like they're already like saying it's just for the North American title. Like, I just feel like they're not going to take that title off of uh, Carmelo at all. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I agree. I, th- I think this is going to be Mellows and, and we'll see where we go uh, with Roddy after this. It's it, it's same thing as Pete, right? It's these kind mm-hmm. of old, old guard. It's they're so talented, but um, similarly to Pete, the promo isn't, isn't great. Like I, I think, I think Pete Dunn's improved a lot with his promo, but it's still not going to light the world on fire. It, it's the wrestling that that stands out with the two of them. And this is a company that doesn't value that as much right now. So um, we'll see. Honestly, like maybe the way that maybe he'll just go that, and beat Roman Reigns and be the new champ. Well, Who knows? the way that they're presented, honest, I can see the entire diamond mind being called up to the main roster, like just as a package, like they're perfect. You got Malcolm Bivens there. You got Ivy Nile, who's ready. The Creed brothers who can fight in the tag team division. I feel like all those guys can be brought up, right? The same. And I feel like Ryder Stars going to be the ones going to be lost once they go to the main roster. But as a package, mm. I think that would work pretty well. You know, what they didn't do with Undisputed Era, maybe they could do it with Diamond Mine and actually have like a stable come up and do something of significance in the main roster. True. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I Yeah, I've always thought it was a missed opportunity not bringing Undisputed Era up because I think that's where where they'd kind of break through on the main roster. Being being smaller guys, um, bringing just an Adam Cole up on his own might look a little lost with all the giants there, but like having a unit would work. And I, I think that's that's not a bad idea, bringing the whole group up. Right. So we then have a like a promo video just highlighting the the four tag teams uh, of Briggs and Jensen, the, the 
bar hopping, beer drinking ass kickers, the the grizzled young vets, Jacket Time and the Creed Brothers. Uh, it felt like they were setting up for sort of like a four-way match or something, but I think it was just highlighting the division. Uh, obviously, we've got New Year's Evil, the, um, the match between uh, MSK and Imperium uh, with Riddle. Um, but it seems like they're maybe setting up who the number one contenders is going to be after that. But yeah, like when it started, I, I thought it was like like a tournament that they were doing, like the way they set up, like you know, four teams, one goal. And I was like, is this for like some sort of like title shot? Um, yeah, it's kind of interesting. They kind of like threw it in there just to kind of like keep us reminded of these teams. But uh, it should be interesting what we see out of this, I guess. We go to our next match of the evening: Solo Sikoa taking on Santos Escobar. Uh, the match starts and Santos hits this huge slap across the chest of Sokoa, who completely no-sells it and just looks a little pissed off. Uh, Santos has this body scissors applied and Sokoa just throws him off, which looked pretty good. Sokoa hits a back elbow, running clothesline, and then a slam followed by a jumping headbutt for a two count. And then Santos runs Sokoa into the ring post on the outside as we go to commercial break. Um, after the break, there's a running drop kick to the side of the head of Sokoa, uh, but Sokoa kicks out on one. Santos then applies an arm bar, and it's it's all Santos at this point. He's kicking him. He goes for a vertical suplex, but gets shoved off by Sokoa, who then starts delivering these right hands, these body shots, knees to the head, and then a great-looking Samoan drop, followed by the running senton, and that's when Joaquin Wilde and, and Raul Mendoza get on the apron to interfere as Escobar comes from behind with a chop block to the knee of Sokoa, followed by a Frankensteiner in the corner. And that's when Zion Quinn walks out. He wants his answer. Electra, is it me or is it Legado? So Santos takes him out with a tope suicida, gets in Electra's face and says, it's familia, familia. Turns around, eats a super kick from Sokoa, followed by the Uso splash. And Solo Sokoa is still undefeated, picking up his biggest win yet against Santos Escobar. Yeah, this match felt a little bit too long. And that is unfortunate for one Solo Sokoa, because I feel like after an amount of time, he just ran out of moves and didn't know what to do. Because I feel like a whole lot of nothing happened in the second half, which is really unfortunate. Um, it showed how limited like a solo is like somebody like him shouldn't be in these long matches. Um, he should be in short squash matches and squashing people. Uh, I understand why he would be a Santos because obviously solo is the new guy and they want to push him, but it shouldn't have been it's like, especially with the finish, they could have easily made it a shorter match with that same exact finish. And it wouldn't have made any difference at all. Only thing you did by making this match long was show the limitations of the solo. Um, the ending, yeah, it was kind of expected, but it's like, I'm, I'm, I'm done with this whole Electra zion thing just let's let's find out what's going on just like, fuck like, already like, i yeah you know? thank you thank you for saying it. i didn't want to say hey with my son but you said exactly what i was thinking just do it just <laughs> go ahead and do it at this point um it's 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 ridiculous it really is and it's it feels like a soap opera it's like every week you know as the 2.0 turns and what's happening next and now solo sokoa is involved and what's going to happen next week like somebody else is going to get involved and it's just like it's ridiculous just i just want to see good wrestling guys you know i, I don't want to see this yeah yeah, you're you're right. It it kind of exposed Sokoa a bit. Who who looks the the few things he does, he looks great. Like he's he's clearly got that 
that gene, you know, like, like the rest of his fucking family has, like he, <laughs> he should be awesome. And the, the like Simone drop his super kicks, splat, all of that, all the classic Uso stuff looks great, but it was all the stuff in between. And he was selling for most of this match, which most of his matches so far it has been him being pretty dominant. And I thought he just, he looked, he wasn't doing a whole lot and he, I didn't think his selling was great here. Um, and it's you know, just it a be, shame to it, see Santos you know, be well, this afterthought. Sorry. This like thought just came into my head because of the whole like Samoan connection, but like recently on SmackDown, Paul Heyman, what he got fired by Roman Reigns. They kind of even like wrote him off in a way. Have Paul mm. Heyman just show up on NXT and just be Solo Sokoa's manager and turn him like into a freaking monster, make him like a total heel. Let's just say Braun Breaker wins the title. Have Solo Sokoa be the guy that takes down Braun Breaker and have Paul Heyman really hype up this guy. Imagine Paul Heyman every week cutting a promo at, at uh, wherever they are, the CWC, and just getting the crowd behind Solo Sokoa. I can just like hear it in my head right now, just him like totally hyping up and saying, you don't need like, because, you know, obviously in storyline, Paul Heyman's upset at Roman and the Usos. Be like, you don't need that family. They didn't care for you you shouldn't care for them and just they could totally hype up this guy have him win the nxt title and then like a year from now call him up in the main roster and have solo take down the usos and roman reigns like that just writes itself right there i mean obviously he needs all work to be done solo but if he has paul Heyman alone that already like elevates him on a higher level so hey i'm calling it right now bring paul Heyman to nxt he'll love it down i there. like it <laughs> and it would make sense as to why this this guy grew up on the streets Rikishi yeah. abandoned him. His brothers didn't want him. His his cousin, the head of the table, didn't want him. This guy doesn't even sit at the table. Nope. He's on the streets and we need <laughs> Uncle Paul to sort it out. I like it. Perfect. I like Perfect. it, John. There Fantasy book in here. Well, we go to Harland and Joe Gacy, who are now on top of the roof of the CWC with one of Chase's students. Uh, sorry, what, what was this guy's name again? Bodie. Bodie Hayward. Bodie Hayward. Well, it looks like Harland is going to murder this kid and throw him off the roof. But Gacy talks him out of it at the last second and he just drops him on the roof. Now, now you said you kind of said Ministry of Darkness vibes. You think Mm -hmm. uh, they're going to turn this guy and be a, a new recruit for Gacy? I think so, which kind of sucks. That means they're going to have to cut off his luscious, long, blonde locks. But uh, I feel like, yeah, I feel like this this Joe Gacy thing, it gives me like really like, not really like ministry, but it gives me more of like uh, what a straight edge society vibes with CM mm. Punk where they, you know, he would take like volunteers and people to kind of join him in this in this cause. So I can see this possibly being a thing, which is weird because like, obviously this wasn't the original plan if they were going to go ahead with Brian Kendrick and um and harlan so now that they kind of shoe him uh, shoehorned in andre it's kind of like maybe this was like a last second switch of plans maybe brian kendrick was going to be the person they got thrown into this who knows like but i feel like that's definitely the route they're going to go is uh by recruiting more people into this uh i guess joe gacy cult here well i think i think you could have achieved the same thing with kendrick because they've they've shown that kendrick is a coach there you know so you could still have a student standing up for their coach who's getting murdered um uh, obviously don't know why kendrick wasn't there tonight um but yeah i I think they could have maybe achieved the same thing but 
I I would I wouldn't mind seeing this him kind of recruiting more people. I th- I think it works. I think their act is working so far. And yeah, especially if if, if Joe Gacy is going to do this like rebranding of Two Hundred Five Live, bringing like a whole crew of people that you could have and like wrestle there, kind of like when Raven had his flock and he would kind of send people out there to kind of wrestle for him. Had that be Joe Gacy? Mm. Have like you know, him sending out these guys to go and do his dirty work in the ring for him. We see Solo Sokoa backstage after his win, who then gets. Beaten up by Boa in the Mei Ying face paint. And then Boa goes and kind of like, like shoves the cameraman or something. This and then when so another, another cameraman then runs in and we see Boa, who now no longer has the face paint on. And he looks really confused. He's like, why is, why is Solo Sokoa on the floor? What's happened? I hate this, this stuff. This didn't make sense <laughs> at all. Like, yeah, he was done he so attacks- badly. He attacks Solo, and then he attacked the cameraman. Like, oh, he's attacking the cameraman. So another cameraman rushes in, and the big reveal is he doesn't have face paint anymore. Like, I don't know. It just didn't make sense at all. And was there no, like, I don't know if it's like a, a Easter egg we got to find every week, but I don't think I saw the sleeping girl, uh, Karen Q, whatever her name is this week, unless she was hidden somewhere. No, I didn't, I didn't see her didn't either. See. Okay. And guess Maybe, what? We didn't she, see. She probably we, was there, but. And we didn't see Casey and Caden Carter either. So that's two weeks in a row. Knock on wood. Like, I don't know what's going on with them, but maybe we don't see them anymore. What happened at that country concert? Um, I can name oh, a whole bunch them. of things. I can name a whole bunch of reasons why we haven't seen them, <laughs> to be honest with you, yeah. going to a country concert. But maybe we'll see them in the Royal Rumble. You know, Casey can it's... definitely do a couple cool spots in there. Yeah, we've seen her in the Rumble before, haven't yeah. we? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, we've said every week this Boa stuff isn't working for me. Um, and just the production here was so bad. Like, this is the same company that makes those incredible um, prime target videos and all that. And then just stuff like this looks like, like, I, I made shit like this on my, on my home video camera when I was like 10. You know, <laughs> it's, it's so laughably bad. Um, and I can't believe they... They air it that someone's like, yeah, that that worked. That was good. Um, my my terrible. my biggest gripe with it is I don't think they have like an idea what like the ending of this whole story is because obviously it's like a rewrite from the whole May thing. That didn't work out, so they just transfer the powers over to Boa. But I don't think there's any like resolution at the end of this story. Like with this the ending whole... is he gets released and that's there's no resolution. Probably you know? yeah, that's the sad part. Is he he goes back to his hometown after? Um, yeah, yeah, this is just dumb. Like I'm sorry. Let's move on. Let's move on, Davey. I don't want to talk about it anymore. We'll move on. We then get a, a video package for Champa versus Breaker, which obviously is going to be the NXT title match next week at New Year's Evil. And that takes us to our next match of the evening, Malik Blade versus Von Wagner. Now, Malik tries to get some shots in early, but eats this big slam from Wagner. And then we see Robert Stone backstage watching on. We have a gut wrench, wrench suplex from Wagner. And then Malik tries to fight back with some forearms, but eats a big clothesline. And uh, at Blake um, eats a lot of these clotheslines in these these uh, this match. And I thought he sold really well the way he was bumping around. He looked pretty good. Um, Malik then comes back with these two drop kicks, knocking Wagner off his feet, and then hits a springboard high cross, um, but then gets met with a flatliner from Von. Um, Von goes for the power bomb, but Blade counters into a sunset flip for a two count. We get the Olympic slam from Wagner. Then Wagner roars, 
And the crowd are a bit mad here. They're chanting, this ref sucks, because I think they felt Malik picked up the win after that sunset flip. And then we get uh, Wagner's like butterfly suplex slam thing for the win. Um, but yeah, they, they're kind of showing here that Malik Blade got some offense in and that Wagner, even though he picked up the win, is kind of off his game. Like he, he obviously lost last week to Idris Anofi and uh, he had a bit of a, a hard time here against Malik Blade. And you see Robert Stone, who's watching on, who even... Uh, looks a little a little disappointed. Um, after the match, Wagner goes to beat up Blade, but Idris Anofi runs in for the save. Uh, yeah, what what did you think of this and this this kind of heel run since the Kyle match for for Von Wagner? Yeah, thank you for clarifying that. I thought they honestly were chanting "This match sucks," and I'm like, eh, I don't want to say it sucks, but damn, it's kind of harsh to say. Um, I I'm a big fan of Malik Blade. Every time I see him on 205 or NXT, he I don't think he's won a match yet, but he always impresses me with just like his moveset and just his demeanor and everything. He's actually really impressive. Um, he's actually the nephew of Daryl Dawkins. Are you familiar with Daryl Dawkins? Daryl Dawkins. No, he's, he's uh, like a famous NBA player. I think he passed away, but he's like, a, you know, I guess NBA hall of famer. He actually was the guest judge at WrestleMania two between Mr. T and Roddy Piper's uh, boxing match. So there is a, uh, a wrestling tie in there, but yeah, he's always with Jason Hervey. No, 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 unfortunately nah. not. But um, but hey, there there was a little teaser for Shot in the Dark, but Eddie Kingston did reference uh they were talking about the uh hangman page, um, Brian Danielson match, and uh Eddie Kingston has a rib to like Tony Schiavone. He's like, Hey, I uh, I hope uh this is my Eddie Kingston impersonation. I hope uh Jason Hervey uh you know he comes back, yeah. You know what I'm talking about, Shivani? And he's like, Shivani's like, Wow, <laughs> that's a throwback to Clash of the Champions right deep there. Cut. Um, yeah. Deep cut right there. So uh, yeah, maybe we'll see Jason Hervey. Um, but as far as the match goes, I, I I can't I don't I don't like anything that Von Wagner does. I'm sorry, I don't think there's any storyline he can do um, that can get me interested in him unless they put him with a manager. But Robert Stone is not the one. Unfortunately, um, I'm sorry. I don't think anything Robert Stone has done has elevated anybody he's managed. Uh, as a fact, everybody he has managed, I don't think is even in the company anymore. Um, so I don't think mm-hmm. Von Wagner should uh should be with him. Um, and I, I just I can't I can't get into him. Like nothing about Von Wagner like makes me entertained like just i mean with the exception of like the terribleness when he opens his mouth but he's not a i don't know he's not a terrible wrestler which is like the, the crazy part about it he just doesn't do anything that captivates me yeah for, for a big guy like he he clearly knows what he's doing but just nothing's working the promo doesn't work the look doesn't work robert stone it's if they're gonna try and take him as a serious manager sorry it's it's too late for that. We, yep. He's been a joke for a long time. And I, and I think the guy is a, a good performer, but there's no way we can take him seriously at this point if he is going to be his manager. And just the, he's just beaten like a favorite, a, a multi-time tag champion. It's someone who's a real, like who was a real staple in NXT and Kyle O'Reilly. And sure he's, he's gone off elsewhere, but, having it followed up with Von Wagner struggling against these at this point jobbers. I don't think it's working. I, nothing about this is working. The crowd aren't, aren't buying into him. I, I think he's getting the wrong kind of heat as well. I think, I think he's going to start be getting this kind of go away heat rather than, ah, we hate you because you're such a good bad guy. Like it's yeah, it, 
Von Wagner's not working at all. He's for grown a, a person, beard, so he's trying something, yeah, I guess. For for a person with his experience, he shouldn't be in this role. You know what role he should be in? He should be tagging with Harland and not talk and be managed by Joe Gacy and have Harland and Wagner be this like giant tag team just killing people. That's the type of role he should be in. He shouldn't be like this big, you know, anti-hero type of character taking guys out. And no, it doesn't work for me. I'm sorry. And I feel you think back to that first week of NXT 2.0 where he he went into that uh, that four-way match for the title. And you look now, for me, Bron Breaker and, uh, sorry, Grayson Waller are way, way, way ahead oh, yeah. of this guy. Like they, they've, yeah. they've completely lapped him at this point. Um, Even Tony D'Angelo, yeah, I think, has had a better... Tony, better Tony D'Angelo, yeah. absolutely. Um, that whole, that whole uh, War Games crew yep. really um but yeah von wagner feels feels a little lost this isn't this really isn't working right now but maybe he'll turn it around and that takes us to our main event of the evening it's io shirai and kaylee ray taking on the team of cora jade and raquel gonzalez the winning team will face mandy rose next week at new year's evil in a triple threat match for the nxt women's championship uh, early in the match, Raquel lifts up Cora to slam on top of Kaylee Ray, but Io Shirai drop kicks uh, Raquel, dropping them both. There's then a swanton from Kaylee Ray to the outside to Raquel, uh, which looked pretty nice, and then the springboard moonsault from Io Shirai to the outside on Raquel. After the break, we have uh, Cora Jade just being beaten down for quite a while. She's in a single leg Boston Crab from KLR. Um, Kaylee Ray then goes for the KLR bomb, but Cora manages to roll it through. EO then comes in with a 619 Cora Jade, followed by the missile drop kick. Kaylee Ray gets in the match again, and there's an Enziguri from Cora Jade who didn't quite fully connect with it, uh, but finally manages to make the tag to Raquel, who hits uh, it's like the old like big show alley oop, like the power bomb where you just toss behind. But mm-hmm. onto the top rope to Kaylee Ray, followed by a fallaway slam and the twisting Vader bomb. And then it hits the Chingona bomb to Kaylee Ray. But Cora had blind tagged herself in. So Raquel isn't legal. Um, so Raquel then dumps EO out of the ring. Cora goes to the pin and it's one, two, and Raquel decides to break it up. But the, this was messy. She kind of mistimed it. Uh, it looked like it was a three count to me. Um, they then argue the tag team partners. Could they coexist? No. Uh, they're arguing about who gets the pin. Kaylee Ray then surprises Cora Jade with a roll up, but Raquel turns them over. So Cora picks up the win. One, two, three. And after the match, Cora Jade and Raquel are arguing uh, over who takes the pin, blah, blah, blah. And then Mandy gets on the screen and says, congratulations, ladies, you may have won, but your selfish desires for the NXT Women's Championship will be your downfall. And that's why I made it this match, because you'll be so consumed against each other that I will write you both out of the title picture as quickly as one, two, three. Um, Yeah, thoughts, John? Yeah, I mean, this probably wins match of the night by default because everything else just wasn't as good. Um, 
this finish was so dumb and what made it even dumber was the fact that like you said it just seemed like a botch finish like to begin with but like the fact that like they're fighting over the pin like it doesn't like guys you win the match you're both in the match next week like there's no reason yeah. at all why you should be fighting over the pin at all it made zero sense um Raquel was still in her street fight clothes from last week so I'm not sure if that's like a permanent look for her with the jeans so that was kind of interesting um but yeah like this whole match was like like I was confused. Like I wasn't sure if like the winning the winners of this match were gonna be like fighting for the tag titles since they got taken out earlier. Uh, but then they clarified that yeah, like, the winning team gets to have the triple threat match. So I kind of like knew at that fact that it was gonna be Raquel and Cora Jade. Um, I I like Cora Jade. Like she's you know she's not like a terrible wrestler. I think she's obviously a little green here, but I feel like she has a lot of potential. And Raquel's mm-hmm. already ready to be on the main roster, so they're not bad wrestlers. I just don't like like the ending of this match and it didn't make any sense. And there was a couple like real you know, questionable things that they did. But um, I think the, the, the match should be good next week. I feel like with those two mixed with Mandy Rose, three totally different styles, I feel like they're going to have a pretty good triple threat match. Yeah, I think all four women here are, can wrestle and they're, they're good and there was some good stuff in the match, but the end was so stupid. As he's, If this was a company that established things like, I don't know, paydays, whoever gets the full gets the money, that kind of thing. Yeah, all right, but it's not. Sense, As yeah. you said, this is... They, they both want to be in this match next week for the title. So who cares? And it just makes the baby faces look so stupid. Mandy Rose looks like a badass here. She's calling yep. in from her pool. She could easily just have a one-on-one match, but she's like, no, you know what? Bring it. I'll have a triple threat. And I don't even care if it's you two. It could be Io Shirai and Kaylee Ray. Bring it on. Like, how is this the heel here? <laughs> and then yeah, you've got your baby faces fighting over who wins this somewhat meaningless tag match um just stupid and sloppy and you they as i said you already made the joke earlier can they coexist and like you're writing this it's 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 so sloppy and just made me groan because you you start to get into it and you go okay here, here we are we're getting a good match and then they do this stupid bullshit um i think the match next week will will hopefully be fine um who do you, I mean, what well, we can do predictions in a sec, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, uh, just, I wouldn't say this is the worst episode of NXT 2.0 uh, because I mean, we've had some really fucking awful stuff with this. Um, I will kind of repeat what I said last week where I've, I've enjoyed the, a lot less vignettes, a lot less vignettes. Uh, everything's driving forward to something a bit more now. Um but I'm still missing that actual wrestling. Um, the longest match of the night was probably that solo Sokoa Santos Escobar one, which really mm-hmm. shouldn't have been given that time. Um, I'm hoping next week it's, it's mainly just giving time to these matches. Cause I think next week actually looks like a really good show and, and could be good if they do more of the old style format for this show, rather than just, just very quick matches. Um, but yeah, kind of thumbs in the middle to thumbs down for me this week. What about some overall thoughts for you, John? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I try to stay positive as much as I can, but I'll be honest, like I didn't like this episode um, much at all. Mm-hmm. Like the wrestling, there was there wasn't like that one match where I could be like, okay, I could always recommend at least this one match. No, the wrestling wasn't really there. Um, the one thing I will give to them is at least they like know how to progress storylines. I feel like there wasn't any segment that really had no purpose. I feel like every match and every segment at least like 
meant something like you know, continuing whether it be really stupid with like boa for example or mm. like the whole andre chase and his student whatever at least everything had like some sort of like ongoing story to it but like the yeah. wrestling aspect is what i care about the most and i feel like this didn't have anything for me at all um but like there has been episodes where, like you said, like I have enjoyed, and I think next week I will enjoy because I don't think you can mess up, you know, MSK and Riddle versus Imperium. Like I don't think that's physically possible to mess up that match and watch me like you know get like a shit. Oh, watch speech. them try though. <laughs> watch them try, um, John. <laughs> so like they continue to do things that like keep me entertained and like intrigued. Um, and like like we'll go over the card, but like that card looks really good for New Year's Evil. So I'm you know I'm gonna. I'm going to go into that show with a, a lot better mode than I think today. Today, I kind of like dreaded it. As soon as the show started, the first thing you hear is like, oh, Dexter Loomis isn't here. You're like, oh, okay, this this whole show is going to be like rewritten type of stuff. And it's not yeah. going to be like the usual, which is the usual is not that good, but it's better than what this was. Well, let's have a little look at the card. Let's do some predictions. Let's start with that Riddle and MSK versus Imperium match. Um I'm going to say Riddle and MSK to set up the the like tag title shot down the line. Um, I'm actually going to go the other way. I could see Imperium winning and then I'm possibly using that as a way to spin off into like the tag match and the singles matches between Riddle and uh, Riddle and um, Walter. And also, I think somebody pointed in the chat room, but like with Walter being here and uh, his you know, open relationship with Ginny. I I feel like she's done everything she could in NXT UK. I wouldn't be surprised if a Ginny comes out and maybe like surprise attacks somebody like Io Shirai just to give her something to do. Cause you know, Ginny's okay. I feel like she's actually pretty capable on the mic and I feel like she can actually uh, carry a pretty good storyline with somebody like an Io Shirai. Sorry. Did you say they have an open relationship? I mean, like it's open in the public like that we know about. Okay. It. Right. Yeah, like... yeah. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> No, no I'm right. not talking about like other type. Yeah, let's not get into that. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's go for our title unification match. Roderick Strong, the cruiserweight champion, taking on Carmelo Hayes, the North American champion. Yeah, I'm pretty confident it's going to be Carmelo Hayes. The fact that the cruiserweight division is kind of like done. And I feel like possibly David Mike could be being called up as soon as there were a rumble. Um, I think Carmelo Hayes needs to um be this double champion and then kind of you know eventually get rid of the cruiserweight title and just be this north american champion so i feel like he's gonna definitely win this match i agree and i i think um if you are gonna rebrand 205 live i think you could i mean you could do it with e either uh obviously gacy's already kind of talked about it but you could have carmelo and and trick kind of storm onto 205 and mouth off and rebrand it but you could also do the same with malcolm bivens um if they are, I mean, I assume you should rebrand that show because it's it's not two hundred five and it's not live. So why yeah, <laughs> it's, to it's, a to it's a total lie. Yeah, uh, we go to our women's championship triple threat match: Mandy Rose defending against Raquel Gonzalez and Cora Jade. Uh, this should be pretty interesting because obviously, whenever you have a triple threat match, it kind of like it gives you like the easy way to um to take the title off of somebody. So I honestly wouldn't be surprised. I'm actually going to, I'm going to go with the, with the unexpected pick here. I think Cora Jade might slide through and uh, get the title here. Cause I don't see Raquel or Mandy being an NXT 
too much longer. I could see like toxic attraction as a unit being another unit that gets called up uh, to the Royal Rumble. I keep pointing to the Royal Rumble, but I feel like that's like the go-to with all these debuts. But I can see toxic attraction yeah. being called up as well as Raquel, while Cora Jade definitely can spend some more time in NXT. So I can see her kind of like sliding through and, and getting the win. Um, who she pins, I don't know. That should be the interesting thing. But I can see her um, definitely getting the win here and, and getting the title. Yeah, I'm not sure about this one because you you did have EO earlier kind of look at Raquel and say, I still want that rematch. Um, so you could go with it being back to Raquel and do the Raquel Cora singles match maybe on TV before a Raquel EO rematch. Um, Kaylee Ray, I feel, is sort of waiting in the wings as well for a title match. So uh, I'm going to go with Mandy. Mandy retained. Okay. Got it. And then... The NXT Championship, Tommaso Ciampa versus Braun Breaker. Mm, this is this is tricky. Like I feel like Braun will be champion. I feel like it's still a little too early, but at the same time, he's already lost to Ciampa, and I don't think he can afford another loss right away. Oh, this is tricky. Um, if Cora wins and this is the main event, you know what? I, I think, yeah, I think they're going to do it. I, I don't think it's the right time, but I feel like they're going to put the title on Braun Breaker and have him stand tall at the end of New Year's Evil as the NXT champion. I I don't think the crowd would hate it as much. as If they did that at Halloween Havoc, I think it would have hurt Bron Breaker. I don't think people would have bought into it. I think now, I, I think people feel it's, it's inevitable and will kind of be behind that. Um, you've already set up, like you're setting up Grayson Waller pretty big as a heel. And if he's not, if this stuff with kind of raw is just temporary, if he's staying in NXT for a bit, I see that being the, the big feud we'll be going to Bron Breaker and Grayson Waller. Um, mm-hmm. And Champa could even kind of give Bron Breaker his sort of seal of approval at the end of this and maybe be, be that veteran more in his corner moving forwards. Um, but I think it is time for Bron Breaker. And this whole AJ Grayson thing, like, you think it's going to turn into a match or there's going to have some sort of in-ring segment? Like, they've already had a couple in-ring segments. So what do you think it's going to actually be? Uh, I mean, we haven't seen them get physical yet, have we? No. So I think that's so what it could maybe be. maybe like, next actual, week is yeah. when they start to fight and then we'll, we'll get the, the graphic come up for a match. Uh, gotcha. Either on NXT or Raw or, or whatever. It, it's after day one, so it won't be on day one. Yep. But yeah, sometime down the line. Um, okay. but yeah, that's, that's what we thought. Um, January 4th, it's going to be a busy day next week. Um, we've got a Tokyo dome show and then new year's evil in the evening. Uh, are you going to be staying up to watch, watch new Japan live? Or do you think you're going to watch it later in the day? I'm going to have um, to watch it later in the day. That week alone is crazy. We get the two Wrestle Kingdom shows. We get the, the TBS debut for dynamite. We get new year's evil. We get battle of the belts. We get hard to kill. We get that. New Japan Noah show. On top of that, I think MLW is coming back, and and it's, it's so many different things happening that week. It's gonna be crazy. So it's like vacation's over, winter break is over. Let's get back into wrestling. Um, but now the Wrestle Kingdom shows. I, I with my new work schedule, I, I usually work morning, so I can't really be doing the all nighters, especially on a Tuesday and Wednesday that they are showing it this year. Um, so I'm gonna have to watch them on delay. I'm gonna try to avoid spoilers as much as possible. I don't think there's gonna be any huge surprises. It's not gonna be like the Wrestle Kingdoms of past where like somebody might show up. I don't, I mean, hey, you never know. Uh, we still don't know who Shibata's opponent is. So that could be a pretty mm. big surprise. Um, but with, you know, with everything going on now, and I can't see any of the big names that are already like contracted to AEW or anywhere else uh, sneaking out and showing up to any of these Wrestle Kingdom shows. But hey, crazier things have happened. So we never know. 
Yeah, I, I've no idea how I'm going to do this next week because I'm meant to be working during the day and then mm. usually record a show when I get home from work and then it's straight into NXT. So I, I've no idea when I'm watching this Tokyo Dome, Dome show, but who knows? Maybe I we'll think, be in lockdown next week and that'll be... I think, I think the biggest that form problem of, for me. The biggest form of surprise I could possibly see is possibly like a video being sent in, like after like a shingle match or even a Shibata match, have a Brian Danielson... Right. You know, video package. I think that would be pretty cool. And then, you know, hype that up down the line whenever they decide to have that match or wherever they decide to have it. Um, so, yeah, so that's probably the biggest thing I can see is like a video package being sent in by a Brian Danielson. I'd like that. I'd like that. Well, let's go to what you guys thought of this week's NXT. Uh, John, do you have the feedback open? I do. Would you like the, me to start? On the Facebook group. Sure. Yeah, you can start things off. Okay. We start with Corey, who says New Year's Evil looks absolutely stacked for the most part. That being said, what an absolutely baffling main event. So Raquel broke up Cora, pinning Kaylee Ray, but they still won anyways. And then Mandy cut an absolutely abysmal promo. Why is she the face of the NXT 2.0 women's division again? Especially since EO proved beyond a shadow of a doubt that she's the most popular woman on that show by a mile tonight. Also not a fan of them trying to portray Cora Jade as the biggest babyface in the division when the audience seems to clearly disagree. Doesn't help that all of her wins are roll-ups, it seems. That being said, I'm completely over this toxic attraction experiment as well. A friend mentioned that it feels like this is similar to Jinder Mahal's WWE title run, except instead of pandering to India, it's pandering to horny men instead. They haven't defended the titles at all in almost three months, and they didn't even start teasing challenges for Mandy until just after War Games. Interesting uh, comparison there between Jinder Mahal and uh, Toxic Attraction. Didn't think I would see that tonight, (laughs) but I, I can see the comparisons. All right. Well, let's go to Andrew McDonald, who says, I'm just finishing the main event and Raquel tried to stop a pin because she's a bonehead, whereas Cora was trying to capitalize and get a win. Their on-screen characters are similar in intelligence to their Twitter personas. I was looking forward to seeing the one-time current WWE champion, Bryant Kendrick, in a match, but I think a lot of the people missing probably had COVID. And if the recent news is anything to go off of, that's probably going to continue. The only difference is I can see people wrestling with it and hopefully they're double vaxxed or in the case of okay, just going on about vaccines there. I can see Grayson Waller slowly being moved to the main roster and this could be the future of NXT call-ups where it bleeds in between shows. Lastly, I do want to say that Joe Gacy has grown on me. My fear with the gimmick is it would basically be a way to make fun of marginalized people, but now it seems the whole woke gimmick is more of a mask that Gacy wears. Due to that, Gacy is probably my favorite part of the show. I used to think that Harland being with him was like Deacon Batista with Reverend Devon, but now it feels like they are hitting their stride with them. Nice. We go to Dylan Grayson, um, not to be confused with Grayson Waller. NXT clearly <laughs> has a lot of their roster out, but they successfully kayfabe their way around it quite well. Teasing that Carmelo may no show had me convinced he was out too. And the swerve that he was there was pretty fun. Bivens translating for Trick and Roddy was absolutely hilarious. Walter back in the US sounds great. And that six-man tag next week looks fantastic to me. Suddenly, the crowd loves MSK. Funny how they got called out on being morons and changed their tune real quick. Waller continues to be money as a heel. Sokoa versus Escobar absolutely slapped. Annoyed that Escobar lost again, but damn, Solo Sokoa is a star. You could put him in the bloodline tomorrow. Main event was good with a sloppy finish. Mandy Rose has some sort of telepathy via satellite as she's always right on cue <laughs> and always seems to be seeing what we see on screen. Most important thing is that the talent who are out get healthy with a vaccine mandate and current data about Omicron suggesting it's more mild. It seems everyone will be fine regardless. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Charbel says, I love NXT. Can't wait for up next to be as lit as it used to be. 
Uh, I'm mm. sorry we're not delivering for you, Charbel. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll continue uh, to Sean, who says, oh, it's quite a long one here. I'll try and cut it down a bit. So one of the things I've found with NXT 2.0 is my enjoyment of particularly particular episodes depends greatly on which of the new gimmicks gets time on the show. Some of the newer talent like Bron, Cora, Solo Sokoa, Carmelo, Diamond Mine, and Toxic Attraction, I enjoy quite a bit. But ones like Wagner, Trick Williams, Boa, and Duke Hudson just do absolutely nothing for me. Some like Grayson Waller, Tony D'Angelo, and Zion Quinn, I'm waiting to see if they'll step up to the next level. I say all that to highlight why tonight was decent, if mixed, if an if a mixed episode of NXT. There was a lot to like, but also a lot to scratch your head. The contract signing between Hayes and Strong was very entertaining, largely due to Malcolm Bivens finally putting the verbal boots to Trick Williams and Roddy doing a rare good promo. Match between Solo and Santos was the highlight of the night from an in-ring standpoint. I love Solo because all of his offense feels real and hard-hitting. Um, the main event was decent, but Raquel felt a bit slower than the other women in the match, a step behind. Cora did a great job hanging with Io and Kaylee Ray, and her selling is off the charts good. But then the finish. Was it a cheap way to introduce some heat in the dynamic between Jade and Raquel? Yes. Did it make Raquel look foolish? Yes. But it was still, I think it was cleverly done. Just like the War Games match, Raquel hit a Chingona bomb, but Cora was the one who went for the pin. Now, in this case, Cora had to, had to since she got inadvertently tagged in. But I can see why Raquel would think in the moment she's not stealing another pin from me. After all, the same thing could happen in the triple threat next week. Decent show tonight, and next week is loaded to the gills. I'm pretty excited. Oh, and shout out to T Tiffany Stratton for easily clearing the Lash Legend bar. But if you're going to do flips like that, you're going to need to hit them every time. Otherwise, don't bother. Yeah, it's a good point, especially with them hyping up her gymnastics background. She kind of has to do those moves right. Um, we finally go to Fire Frank, who says, Walter's coming, show is fine. New Year's Evil looks stacked, so definitely looking forward to that. And shout out to the BDE battling the Rona like bosses. Hashtag Cancun, bro. Yes, hashtag Cancun, bro. Uh, yeah, um, well, that brings us to an end for Up Next this week. Sino, uh, thank you very much for stepping in. I know you're feeling a little under the weather as well, so I do really appreciate it. But uh, I always value your thoughts, and I think our listeners do too. Um, no, absolutely, so, especially after last week, I, I felt guilty going to sleep because I was going head-to-head -head with you guys, uh, you and Jesse, as I was doing uh, MCU later with WH Park and uh, Wei Ting. So, uh, WH Park, if you're listening, you're the biggest nerd I know, and we all love you. <laughs> <laughs> what a way to finish. Well, yes, we can listen to John again tomorrow on Shot in the Dark on this very feed. As I mentioned earlier, I'll be joined by B Detroit on BD Elite tomorrow night, both on the post-wrestling feed and the Up Next feed, and then a bunch more shows coming out on the Patreon later in the week. Um, we'll keep you posted. Things are a little bit up in the air at the moment with, uh, with everything going on. Uh, hopefully we'll get Braden back in the BDE very, very soon. Um, but send him your well wishes. Let's, let's, let's bring Braden home. Let's get him home. <laughs> um, and yeah, hopefully I'll be out of isolation very, very soon, but we're all good. We're all positive here at the BDE and we love you guys. So thank you as always for supporting us. Uh, Take care. Be safe. Oh, remember to follow our socials at Davey Portman, at See No Evil, and at Up Next Podcast, and at The Brady to just see how he's doing. Um, 
But take care, guys. Chat to you very, very soon. Oh, boy. You're a holiday powerhouse. You host the dinners, shovel neighbors, sidewalks, and make everything from scratch. You definitely don't need help making the holidays happen. But Dunkin's Holiday Blend Coffee? A warming medium roast complete with sweet notes of dried fruit and molasses. Or a cranberry orange muffin made with real cranberries just might convince you a little help never hurt. Especially the hot caffeinated kind. America runs on Dunkin'. Present participation may vary. Limited time offer. Terms apply. This holiday, whether you're making a Kroger Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Kroger has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the buy five or more, save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Kroger, fresh for everyone.